0: Listening to takedowns to breakdowns. Yeah, what's up, man? Uh, not much, dude. Not much moving. So, for those wondering if, uh, like, why things may sound a little different, it's just because we're doing a whole new setup. It's because I am moving, uh, yeah. way farther away from Mikey. So we're gonna we're doing some little Frankenstein recording here to make this work. And I think it's going to be okay. I think so. But yeah. Right. But this is going to be like a, a nice little test the water episode so we could see how things go. Hmm. But how you doing, man? Doing all right. Doing good.
1: Yeah. 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 Not as busy as you've been, I'm sure. But
0: yeah, especially with moving. It's it's insane. Yeah. It's it's, oh, it's fucking insane. Um, yeah, so I sent you two things I wanted to get straight into. Let's get straight into it, because we're running already like 20 minutes behind. Yeah. So straight into it, let's talk about the first thing that I sent you, which is who would win the Ultimate Battle Royale. Yeah. <laughs> now, did, did you, do you still have that pulled up right now or no? I, d- I do. Actually, Let me. I'm, I'm going to pull it up right now. Pull it up. Tell the people what we're talking about. Okay, so
1: pretty much... You had sent me off of Reddit. Um, It says, One room in their prime to the death one man leaves. I know this begs for Chuck Norris jokes, but realistically, who wins this melee? And it just shows a bunch of guys, obviously, in their prime. uh, TV actors who are also martial artists. Uh, You have uh, Chuck Norris... Uh, Wesley Snipes uh, Van Dam, Bruce Lee Uh, It's like the typical people You know, you have uh, uh, Jackie Chan, Jet Li You have uh, Bolo Young uh, Steven Seagal Uh, Is it Jail White? Am I pronouncing that right? J J? Okay, I'm not really actually familiar with him And um, who am I forgetting? I think I'm forgetting one there's someone else. It's, um, oh, his name. Oh, my God. He played in the... Um, uh, Bruce Lee's Master. Oh, my God. How am I forgetting his name? Donnie Yen. Donnie Yen. Thank you. Yeah, The, the
0: uh, Donnie Yen. How dare you? Know, how dare man. you forget Donnie Yen? Out of all the people you just listed on that. <laughs> so... Fucking Donnie Yen is the... You knew fucking... <laughs> Sorry, continue. I before y'all, before y'all, continue. All
1: right, so I, 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 I guess this was meant to choose like, you know, a number one, but I kind of came up with like a top three. Um, and number one, you know, we'll start from the third. So for me, my opinion, third place would be Jet Li. Um Really? Yeah, only because. I know he did a lot of uh, demonstrations during his training. Um, I know he's been in competitions and he is a world champion and I don't know what exactly. Uh, But I feel like, you know, he is more of like a performer and he did more demos than anything. Does that make him a bad martial artist? Absolutely not. I mean, he was the first martial artist that got me into... The film genre, you know, I told you that my first martial arts movie was Romeo Must Die, which is sad to say. But I mean, you know, I, I was like, whatever. I, I mean, I fell in love with martial arts because of Jet Li. Um, right. So number two is actually a tie between Donnie Yen and Van Damme. Now, with Van Damme, I think of GSP in a sense only because of his background training. I know he did a lot of Olympic stuff. Um, even to this day, I mean, he's he's still pretty... I mean, he's still doing his thing.
0: Um, wait a minute. Wait, wait, explain more to me why Van Damme and GSP are aligned in your mind. Uh. Well, like
1: I said, I think it's more of their, their backgrounds, and specifically, like I said, with the Olympic stuff, because a lot of martial artists, you wouldn't think, you know to train it's like with football players right they say to do ballet to get their uh foot coordination up to par um right no one really thinks well let's do some olympic training uh to help us with our martial arts um and i feel like that's how they're kind of similar in a way not to mention aren't they both like french canadian or is van damme from van damme no or no where he's Mm
0: bell where is he from uh, I'm pretty sure he's, uh, what is he, he's somewhere from Europe. I, I think he's like Brussels or something. Brussels. Uh, yeah, he's Belgium. Be- okay, I, I was about to say Belgian. Um, Van Damme. Yeah. I mean, if it makes you feel better, Jean-Claude Carmi, Francois von Wehemberg <laughs> is a very diverse name and multicultural name. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme is uh, understandable. I mean, I think you can pick up the... Well, here's the thing. But then, Anyways, we're not going to go into the... the Ethno like centric mixing and fuck it, fuck it. Yeah. Anyways, continue. No, but I know
1: yes. he also actually has a. Uh, um, I don't know if it was necessarily professional or amateur, but he does have like a martial arts record that was like eighteen and one or nineteen and one something like that. Um, so I mean, he has competed and he has one stuff. He seems, you know, I'm not gonna lie. I think I've seen maybe one or two of his movies. He's as far as cringiness, he's on that Steven Seagal level. But I mean, as far as but the difference between him and Seagal is, I mean, this guy is first off in shape. He, you know, has put in the time, the effort. Uh, and he does have, have not to say, you know, I get it. Seagal was in Japan for like four years training, whatever. But I feel like just Van Dam has better,
0: has a better history with the art itself. Um, whoa. Whoa. OK, first of all. First of all, Van Damme joined uh, the National Center of Karate under the guidance of Claude Gretz in Belgium at the age of 12. He trained for four years and he earned a spot on the Belgium, Belgian karate team, and he later trained in full contact karate and kickboxing with Dominique Falera. Mm-hmm. At 15, he started his competitive karate career in Belgium. From 76 to 80, Van Damme compiled a record of 44 wins and four losses in tournament oh, and non-tournament Yep, forty-four victories and four defeats in tournament and non-tournament semi-contact matches. So it sounds like point fighting. Um, okay. He placed. Uh, he was a part of the Belgium karate team when they won the European Karate Championship in '79, and he placed second uh, in at the uh, Challenge Coupe de Espar Karate Tournament first trials. Um, the Challenge Cup champion tournament at the three day tournament van dam defeated 25 opponents before losing the finals to his teammate angelo sapataro uh, he fought in 1980 in belgium against his former teammate patrick zugels at the forest national arena on the undercard of the dan Mar- caruso dominic valera professional karate association light heavyweight world championship bout mm. um he yeah, so he's been fighting. He actually has been fighting for quite some time. Okay, uh,
1: I'm not sure what I read the 19 and one in then, unless that was with maybe some. Uh, it was like 18 and one or 19 and one. Some article I read. I didn't know it was like 44 and four though. That's even more impressive. Um, like I said, whether it was professional or not, I mean the guy has competitive history. You know what I mean? Oh, um, well, he does. He, whereas Steven note. Seagal, quick, it is more. Well, demonstrated but
0: it's also an act you know well well, actually actually, Seagal moved to Japan sometime in the 70s like early 70s it was 70s. like for 4 years he was there right 4 or 5 years uh, I think it was like 4 years then he came he met uh, Miyako Fujitani uh, Fujitani a second degree black belt and daughter of an Osaka Aikido master who came to Los Angeles, Los Angeles to teach Aikido so when Miyako returned to Osaka Uh, Seagal went with her. The following year, they married and had a son, Kentaro, and a daughter, Ayako. Mm -hmm. Uh, He taught at the school owned by Miyako's family. Um, He's often stated to have been the first non-Asian to open a dojo in Japan. In reality, he just taught there. As of 1990, Miyako and her brother still taught there, and her mother was the chairwoman. Um, So, yeah, so he's a legit... He's in. He's a legit Aikido black belt. Yeah, I mean, I guess just his
1: reputation since like maybe the 90s or whatever. I don't know what it is. I just,
0: you know, I right. There's just a lot about him how he's just a phony, I guess. And well, I think maybe you feel that way because he has no competitive record because you don't really compete with Aikido. Yeah, but he doesn't actually. But even like when he demonstrates,
1: you know, and he's just like literally throwing guys six feet in the air, and you know. I mean, oh, so you're just saying it looks a little bullshito, is what you're saying. When I see him demonstrating, it is absolutely bullshito. I have watched footage of him back in like the 70s or 80s. I mean, I get it. The dude tr- like went to another country to train. I, I have respect with that. It's as far as, you know, keeping up with the traditional art and pretty much keeping up with the respect of it and stuff. Like, I don't know. I don't know if he respects it maybe like he did back in the 70s or 80s, like he does today. Or I, I don't know. Um, Anyways. but And then, you know, Donnie Yen, Um so, with, so Donnie is number two? Uh, Van Damme and Donnie Yen are
0: tied for me. For um, three? For two. Jet Li is two. three. Oh, I'm sorry. Jet Li is three. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. Okay.
1: And my number one is uh, Chuck Norris. (laughs) Believe it or not, I know, and he's like the biggest meme. But you know what? It's again, the guy just has competitive history, and um, you know, he's very uh, he's very knowledgeable when it comes to literally mixed martial arts. You know, he he's very good in multiple styles. I mean. He trained under, what, the Machados for BJJ. Um, You know, a lot of people would probably have Bruce Lee on the list. And as big of a fan as I am of Bruce Lee, he just didn't make my top three, and here's why. Um, Please do. As far as a philosopher goes, Bruce Lee, I mean, you can't even really put him on a pedestal because he's the guy looking down on the guys on the pedestals, right? Um the thing about him is you hear a lot of stories um and he has done demos which there's not too much footage of, you know, and you and I haven't grown up in the 60s or 70s to witness what this guy can do in person, so I mean, I can't really say anything negative about the guy but i mean what you see on film is make-believe you know and was he an, a great martial artist Absolutely. fucking in fact i think he would have done well in the ufc i think he would have agreed with what the ufc is all about today or even when it first started you know um but as far as having that competitive background. I don't think he's ever really competed and if he has, it's maybe been a few fights. You know, I know there have been many movies based on his life. Uh there's the one I think it was the last movie that came out about him besides this recent one um with Leo and Brad Pitt, but um it, it was about him fighting another sensei and I don't know if it had something to do with the respect of Bruce Lee teaching pretty much the white man, you know, this, uh, the knowledge of martial arts or whatever it was, gung fu at the time. And that was like kind of forbidden, I guess, or something like that. I never even watched that movie. Um, But, you know, and then you hear the story about how he fought a bunch of guys on a fishing dock or whatever whatever, what load some docs, he fought like 30 guys, took them all out. It's like, is it a story? Did it really happen? I don't know. Um, but as a philosopher and his scientific knowledge of the human body and what it was capable of and how he tried to demonstrate that through film. I mean, he doesn't even, I mean, he hovers above the pedestal, you know, uh, But as far as, you know, competitive sport goes or, you know, being in actual altercations, um, Chuck Norris is just number one. And I get it. He has a cringe and he's a meme, but you can't deny what the guy has accomplished over the years.
0: Okay. Okay. So what about Um, you? (laughs) Um. It's hard, right? So, like, I feel like we're very... I feel like we're We're very influenced by culture and society. And like you said, the philosophy side of things. And not just the philosophy side of things, but also just what we see within film. Um, which doesn't translate to the actual thing, right? It yeah. doesn't translate to any of the actual... Um, I do like how you didn't say anything about Jackie Chan, right?
1: Again, you know, I mean...
0: As far as his training
1: goes, I mean, he's been doing it along with Bruce, you know, like they a lot of these guys do it have been doing it since just shortly after they started learning how to walk, you know, and I get that and I respect right. that. But Jackie Chan is a performer. Um then again, I don't know if he ever had a competitive background. I all I've known is like as soon as he was done with his training or whatever at like his late teens, early twenties, he got straight into film. He just
0: wanted to perform. Right. So I'm going to say Bruce Lee at number three. Okay. I'm going to say number one and two. I already know the people. I'm just trying to think of exactly who I want to do. Um, hmm, I would say Chuck Norris number two and Donnie Yen number one. Okay, I would say that. Okay, um, I say that because Donnie Yen is so Bruce Lee and Donnie Yen are both very, very similar, and Chuck Norris actually is the same thing where they are martial artists, they're not. Kung fu masters they're no they're martial artists, yeah, so Bruce Lee, with Ji Do did incorporate a lot of different styles of course right? he that was his goal, his goal was to be the uh, the create the perfect art, mm-hmm. and that required all the tra- cross training he did. Chuck Norris is respected for his work ethic and his representation of martial arts, and because of that he he has a lot of experience with. Like you said, with the Gracie's, with Jiu Jitsu, with, uh, uh, Teng Do, with, with all these other things. The thing with Donnie Yen that makes me like really think stuff is just his hunger, right? Cause he even says himself that he's a, he, he even says I'm a mixed martial artist. He learned, he started with Tai Chi. He learned Taekwondo. He then jumped into Wushu. Uh, he was training at the Beijing sports Institute, mm-hmm. um, for wushu, he under Sixth Don in Taekwondo. He then started winning gold medals in wushu competitions, and he then wanted to learn everything. Then he started to get. He got a black and purple belt in judo and BJJ. Um, he then studied parkour, wrestling, Muay Thai, kickboxing, boxing. Um, then when he went, because also Don Yan is, is younger, right? So he's been around for MMA. Yeah. When, when in 2000 and 2003, when this like era, this time frame of when it was so main, it, it became started to become more mainstream. Right. I mean, yeah, he was doing he was doing Hollywood stuff, but it, I feel like it was just him really cohesively blending all of his skills together. You know? Yeah. He uh, hang on. What, what is it? What is it? What is it? Uh, he studied Wing Chun. Um, for Ip Man, Mm -hmm. right? So he learned Wing Chun. Um, He's even said that he thinks that combining martial arts together produces the most effective and harmonious style. Oh, without a doubt. Uh, Right? Which I don't think he's wrong. Granted, the the performance of, of martial arts in general within film is very different than real martial arts. But there's been a lot of talk about his ability as as a fighter, you know, even though he doesn't probably have anything other than just the gold medals for competing in Wushu. He does have, people have said, um, people have said that Don is one of the fastest martial artists that they've ever worked with. Um, Jackie Chan and Jet Li have also stated that Don Yen may be the best fighter in terms of practical combat in the Asian cinematic universe. Uh, Michelle Yeoh, a Malaysian martial arts star, said mm-hmm. that he is, the, he is the fastest practitioner she's ever, she's ever seen. Uh, there's world-class MMA fighters who talk about him, uh, like Kung Lee from Strike Force. And the UFC and Mike Tyson, who also worked with Donnie Yen in movies, also said that he's incredible and he would do incredibly well if he wanted to have a competitive combat career. They were even saying that. I I guess apparently, uh, Donnie Yen fractured Tyson's finger or fractured or broke. Yeah. Yep. Fractured because he was he was so fast to block Tyson's punches. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I mean, I, I just feel like Donnie Yen has the. The mindset, and he has the background uh, to be number one. I mean, if we take Donnie Yen at his apex, and we took Chuck Norris at his apex, I think it would be a very good fight. I think so. I just think, I just think Donnie Yen, only because Donnie Yen is more modern, that I think he has a better overall style. Because he's been able to study MMA in his prime, yeah, in his physical prime. You know, compared to Chuck Norris, who kind of had to go through dojos. You know, I, I will say this: I think the coolest thing about Chuck Norris is that not a lot of people understand what he suffered through to to get where he is. You know, like he had to do he had to do so much suffering in dojos as a white guy. You know, and nobody talks about that. Nobody talks about how he was treated or how he was perceived and how dojos, especially over. A, <laughs> Do you think him showing up at a Korean dojo in Korea as a white guy back in whatever, like what, the 70s or whatever, went over really well over there? Or do you think they were like, who the fuck is this dude yeah. this Westerner yeah, no. coming over here? And they, what everybody says is that he got the shit kicked out of him. And every dojo he went to, when he went to learn, mm-hmm. they were like, oh, there's this white guy who wants to come in and try to learn shit. And they just beat the fuck out of him. <laughs> and then he kept coming back and they were just like, okay, he's, uh, he's in. <laughs> He's a part of us, so that would be my top three, you know. But I feel like this leads to an easy transition to what I want to talk about with the stuff with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that I also sent you. Yeah, where
1: which I which scene, I haven't seen, by the way.
0: I just neither have I. I just know the story
1: or the what's been going on, like the the backlash it's getting.
0: Same, I'm the same, but. Let's explain that backlash. So, apparently, Brad Pitt and uh, somebody who's portraying Bruce Lee, um, I'm sorry, I don't know the actor's name, they have a fight in the movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the film by Quentin Tarantino. Mm -hmm. And I guess because I still haven't seen it, a lot of people are saying that Bruce Lee is portrayed in the film as a really arrogant, like an asshole, pretty much. Yeah. With a huge ego. Right. And Tarantino's come out and said, yeah, that's who he was. And Bruce Lee's family. And a lot of people who knew Bruce are coming out being like, no, that's not who Bruce Lee was. That's... Sure, he may have been proud in moments, but he certainly wasn't this arrogant, closed-minded asshole that you keep making him out to be. So I just wanted to get your opinion on that kind of take in popular culture for Bruce Lee. Yeah. Right? I mean...
1: Again, I mean, uh, to anyone who's really talking about these rumors, you figure they're our age. I mean, were we alive back then? I mean, how many interviews have people actually watched? How many interviews are actually out there on YouTube of this guy? I know they're out there, but how many? And you can't really even judge him based off of what you see. I mean, sure, in every movie he's in, he's always the hero. Um. But no one knew who he was besides maybe his students when he was teaching, um, outside of his family. Um, I kind of agree. I'm sure he had his proud moments, you know, and he wasn't afraid to show, you know, show off what he has accomplished. But does that make him arrogant or whatever? Absolutely not. Yeah. but, yeah, I mean, from what I'm hearing about in this movie, like, that's all he is, though. It's just this big—he's got a huge ego, just an ass, starting fights or whatever it was that happened in the movie. Um. But then I was hearing other people defend Quentin and say, like, you know, it's just—it's a movie. It's fake, and it wasn't meant to actually portray Bruce. It was just— his take on it was just a different outlook on bruce because bruce is always considered a nice guy and he because of the fact that he's never the one to pick a fight you know and he's always very uh uh peaceful and whatever that this movie he wanted to be he wanted to portray him as the complete opposite so whether it was an artistic choice for the film or if Quentin truly believes that he was arrogant in Hollywood,
0: I'll never know. But Quentin does. He, Quentin came out and said, and said what he really thought. Okay. Yeah, I mean. So he, he, he responded to all the friends and family that came out and were all, um, Bruce wasn't really like that. He came out and said, yeah, he is. He was like that. All, all the things that he researched said that Bruce was a little arrogant. Bruce said he could beat Muhammad Ali. And he quoted, actually, an autobiography from Bruce Lee's uh, wife about Bruce. And said Bruce, She said that Bruce said that at some point. I mean, does that really give the opinion to portray Bruce Lee as this arrogant guy? I mean, so here's, here's the, the main thing. The main thing is that it's weird. You have a fictional character in Brad Pitt's uh, performance. Named Cliff, And then you have a representation of an actual person mm-hmm. in Bruce Lee, right? So you have this actual, it's weird. You're, you're making, you know, Aquaman fight uh, a Navy SEAL. Do you know what I mean? It's just, you have a real, you have a real variable yeah. in this equation. Because in a fictional universe where you're putting a realistic person, the realistic person could, of course, lose, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's honestly less about the idea that Bruce Lee could lose a fight and I think it's more of a portrayal of why do you think this guy was such an arrogant bastard I don't think he was In my personal opinion from all the things I've seen and all the things that I've read um I don't think he's he's this horrible person do you know what I mean Yeah I mean that's just me though Yeah no
1: I I agree I don't think you know, I mean, again, I've heard stories about, you know, bringing up the whole him taking on like 30 guys story. But it's like, I mean, was that true or not? I'll never know. I Do I believe he was a different guy off camera than he was on camera? Sure. Absolutely. Um, but as far as him being an arrogant prick, I don't think he, he was that at all.
0: No. No. So in that case, does that mean? Do you did you have a problem with this then? Um, well,
1: again, I I, I never saw the movie, so I can't really give a one hundred percent like honest opinion about it. But as far as like this particular outlook on Bruce's character, like his portrayal, I mean, if 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 Quentin is sticking with his story, saying, no, no, this is what he is. I probably won't even see the movie and give Quentin my money to go see it. You know what I mean? Really? Yeah. Really? I mean, because who is he? You know, like, where the heck was he in the 70s? Like, how does he know? Again, based off of what? Other people's stories? The few interviews he's seen maybe back in the day? Maybe he just rewatched the entire filmography? Of Bruce and just made that assumption because I I will admit like Bruce when he when he's acting he has this I don't want to I don't want to say like a, a superhero type of uh, um personality like when he's getting ready to you know do something but it's like um, this courage he has and I don't know if people. Take that as oh that's him acting like a tough guy or something. Do you know what I mean? Like the the, yeah. the look he has in his face, the, his stance, and everything. Like he's ready to do this. Um, right. I mean, I always took that as courageous, but like, I don't know. I I, I really, I honestly don't know. I, I guess Quentin's just going insane, man. I can't deny the guy's a great. <laughs> He makes great films, but I mean,
0: I I don't know if I'll pay to go see this movie. Free, okay, okay. Yeah. I mean, I I I want to see what the hus the the fuss is all about. I'll, I definitely want to see what this what this is because if you look at it like if you said that Muhammad Ali was not arrogant, uh, I would laugh in your face. He was like the because Conor McGregor back in the day or the Chael Sonnet. Like he started shit. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. It was just uh, he was one hundred percent arrogant. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't hold it against somebody who said that. I think that's why it's just the context that we have already set for us is that Bruce was not like that. I'm sure, yeah. There's things that he said that could definitely be taken as like, wow, what an arrogant prick. But I don't, I don't feel like that's.
1: See, but then I have to think of the context of how he said it. Like, what did, did he say it jokingly? Did, was he dead serious when he said that? Like, made, because again, we're hearing it through word of mouth, so I mean, we'll never actually know the little details of, you know, what his state of mind was when he said this and that, or how he was feeling, and it's all stories, and it'll forever just be stories from other people, right? Right. True. True. But I want Speaking to believe s- that he wasn't that type of person at all. That's what I want to believe.
0: Right. I, I, yeah. Right. Because I, I feel like with all the stories we've heard, he's he was an eager learner who formulated his opinions based on experience and evidence. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Speaking of... Of this kind of uh, sh- like the shit talking context here, did you hear this little this little spat with Daniel Cormier? Uh, between what him and John or something? No, no, this was a while ago. But uh, so I guess Dan, I guess it came out about how DC went straight from a white belt to a brown belt in BJJ. Hmm. So. Yeah, so it it was almost so it was a little backlash from the BJJ community of just why is this guy an immediately brown belt, and it's kind of like well because he's he's really good, you know. I mean, um, so he was training at, he trains at Checkmats uh, at Checkmat, which is a, a place. Okay, and I guess he was awarded his brown belt by Leo Vieira. Back in 2013, and when that was posted, Vieira was, was stating, "Was saying, look, Cormier's ability is 100% why I gave him a brown belt." Uh, he, his actual quote is, "Daniel has an enviable, enviable track record in wrestling, which facilitated his evolution in jujitsu. Of course, few know his career, but the guy was fourth in the Olympics in Athens. He was captain of the U.S. team wrestling in Beijing, and he's medaled twice at the Pan." In my view, analyzing his daily practice for two years, the brown belt is the most suitable for the technical level of Cormier. Mm. Now, I am not surprised that an Olympic wrestler picked up jujitsu ju- that wo- easily and is explosive in their, in their rank climbing, right? Yeah. But as this writer here, this writer, uh, I don't have a name for this writer, but as this writer puts... Um, does this mean that Cormier is probably super adept in spider guard? Does it mean his lapel guard's amazing? Um, no. And, and, and it's a good point, right? There's a lot of crossover between wrestling and jujitsu and Cormier picked it up with, with ease, I bet, you know, and especially with his wrestling ability, his top game was insane. Yeah. You know, so I'm long story short, I'm not, I'm not surprised his ability is that of a, of a Brown belt. However, uh, what's his name? um, uh, Uriah Faber's grappling coach, I guess, sounded off about it, and he said, some checkmate guys are giving belts too quickly. If you ask those guys, Cormier won't know how to score a jiu-jitsu fight. So how are you going to promote a guy this way? I think it's a shame you promote a guy to a high rank and he doesn't even know the rules. I'm pissed off with that. I don't know if the coaches just want to be seen, but in the United States, there are a lot of guys promoting students through, via Internet, and I, I just don't understand it. So it's almost like a traditional thing of, this guy has to earn his rank through the ranking system and not just if the teacher thinks he's worthy, he gets it. And I wanted to get your opinion. I mean, okay. So
1: actually back when we were in class together, so it's a similar story, but different, you know, because I mean, we're talking in Daniel's case, it's white belt to Brown. Um, But like when Gina and I started around the same time, I mean, I started, uh, I don't know if it was like, a couple weeks or maybe like a month before she did. I know I wasn't I, I wasn't too far into jiu-jitsu before she had joined and um, she had gotten her yellow belt before I was able to test you know so she was a yellow belt and I want to say for the next like couple months I was still white mm-hmm. but now here's the thing she also had five, six years experience in judo Yep, I wasn't Find even food. mad. I I understood completely, and I was like, I get it. Like you, you already have this knowledge, in this sense for jujitsu, and you're already familiar with certain, uh, the, um, you know, like the science behind certain things. You know, I get why right. you stepped up before I did, even though I started this before you. Right. Um, now as far as the whole white belt to brown. That's jumping, what, blue, purple? Yeah, um, I mean, white, blue, here's purple, my thing. Brown. How long has he been training in jiu-jitsu as a white I belt? That
0: was, it's a white belt. Oh, I don't know. I think it was, if it's a, how long do you really think somebody sits at a white belt level? It depends when on, they're on the student. Fucking, if, a, if we're talking when in Sensei wrestler mentality, when they're in a. Okay. Well, Sensei Neely is is very unique.
1: You know what I mean though cuz I mean, it's
0: pretty much based off of the
1: students. Like, well, if you can't pick up on this, then how are you supposed to move on? How can I teach you the next step when you can't even master what you're what I'm trying to teach you now or at least get the to at least
0: understand it. Right. You know. Right. I mean I think it was a wipeout for probably a year.
1: Okay. I mean, if he was nonstop training, like one hundred percent dedicated well, yeah. to doing
0: it, um, let's just let's just say that because he's a professional, yeah, he's a professional like combat athlete, former Olympic wrestler, comes in and says, "I'm putting on the gi and I'm starting to learn," and you give him a white belt, and then a year goes by of him training, let's say three days a week. Okay, that's being conservative, by the way. As a professional combat athlete, three days a week is conservative, yeah, because it's probably five. Um, For a year. I'm not going to lie. I think to jump
1: to Brown is a little... I mean, could he have jumped, maybe skipped over one belt and then went to the next? That I could see. Um, do I necessarily think... Should we give him the belt before Black? Although this man's an amazing wrestler. I mean... I'd say try to master the moves first. Can you do the move 10 times? Can you do the move 100 times, 1,000 times? Um, you know, out of the 1,000 times, how many times did you do it the right way? Um, you know, but I mean, if if this place is reputable, if his sensei or master, whoever, is reputable, um, then... Why you know, why doubt or why question their mentality behind making that decision, I guess? Um, well, that's the hard part of this, yeah, right? I mean, I've never heard of that though. I've never heard of someone going from white to brown just because of their history in
0: another physical sport. Well, I don't think it's the history. I think it's the fact that that's just proof of how well he's physically capable, yeah because of the techniques he already learned in wrestling. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm a Taekwondo, like, 5th Don, and I competed at an Olympic level in Taekwondo, mm-hmm. and then I go to, I don't know if I can kickboxing or I go to Muay Thai, mm-hmm. I'm probably in a better spot as a white belt than, like, you know, Joe, Joe off the street yeah. wanting to, like, no, I want to I learn how to kickbox. Like, I'm pretty sure the 5th Don Taekwondo Olympic level kick <laughs> practitioner is going to have a little bit of a head start there. So now let me ask you this,
1: because obviously you were doing Ike years before I even
0: started. Right. Let's well, I was what? When you, came in, when you came in as a white belt, what was I? I? I was orange. Was I orange? I think you were. I don't think, you were, I, don't think I ever tested with you. Were you still orange when I when I had left? Yes, I was orange. No, I was orange because then I went to green. Okay. Yeah. Um. Okay, so let's say
1: when I first started, uh, starting at white, you were orange, which is the third belt in. Um. Right. Like, how would you react if I came in, I was doing my thing, and you're already like what f- f- five years in at this point?
0: No, I was. I was. I got my. I got my yellow belt, and within a year, at the end of the first year, I had a yellow belt test. um, Probably a year and a half, and then I. The second test was a lot sooner. I think that was like ten months. And then the third t- oh Jesus, I don't remember. I was basically getting a belt every year, year and a half. Okay. Up until the end where I got injured and then that slowed down a lot of my progress. So, well, so how would you react like if within maybe Let's just say let's let's just say I'm three months, and a half years in. Six months. I'm three and a half three and a half, four years in. Okay. And I was orange green.
1: And you were going I my, like three times a week if you could.
0: You know? I was going twice a week. At least twice, but debate. three times if you were able to uh right but that wasn't often because the third class was usually sundays i was going i was green i i, I think i cuz yeah i was i got green at the f- four and a half five year mark okay four and a half year mark because i remember sensei was getting restless about how long i was sitting at green but it's cuz i blew my back out twice that's right um so yeah so i was basically three and a half years in when you came in so
1: I mean, what would, your, what would your thoughts be if, like, I came in and Sensei tested me, but instead of handing me a yellow belt, he hands me
0: a green or, like, a purple? Purple? Purple puts you at, like, Jay and no, Dylan that, level? Exactly. Well, let me put it this way. Are you kicking ass at Jay and Dylan level, or are you... Well, if Sensei Neely
1: thought... That, and you know what I mean? And we're talking about a hard ass who's very old
0: school. Well, if we're putting this in perspective, while DC got a brown belt, uh, Kane Velasquez and and Luke Rockhold got black belts (laughs) right next to him. So on belt promotion day, it was fucking Luke Rockhold and Kane Velasquez getting their blacks. Now, did they work themselves up to
1: that? Up to Brown? Kane and uh, Luke? Yes,
0: yes. Okay. They were they were working for a long time, and then fucking DC came in as a wipeout. Like, yeah, I'll do the gee stuff, and just fucking—it's like Jesus Christ, this guy's a monster. I don't know. He's just sma- He's smashing dudes. Just what's a guard? Guard does nothing. He just he just fucking bulldozes just his way through. He just walks through your guard. Yeah. Fucking sits on you and just fucking grabs an arm and rips it off.
1: I respect. A sensei wanting to acknowledge his students' um, talent and their physical attributes, I guess. Uh, but like I said, man, I, I, I guess just my thought is, hey, you know, I'm going to show you some techniques within this belt. Again, can you pull it off 10 times? Can you pull it off 20 times? You know, I'm just repeating myself at this point, but it's like how many times can you do it the right way out of the 10 or 20 times? And, you know... Then let's move on once you have an understanding of that. Like, just because you did it good, you know, the first like 10 times, all right, now let's move on to a more advanced move. All right, let's do that a few times, roll around a bit. Hey, all right, let's move on. And now you're a brown belt a year of training.
0: I don't know, man. Hey, man, BJ Penn was what one of the fastest, I mean, at the time, the fastest like black belt in the system because you just picked shit up immediately. Yeah. Just did it. I mean, it's totally possible. I guess I think it's, I think it's, it's, if, if it's more of, in my opinion, of do I respect the teacher? Right. Exactly. That's really what it is. Cause I, I trust the sensei of that dojo to properly teach its students. Mm -hmm. If, if you, uh, you know, and sensei Neely always said this all the time. Uh, like all both senseis in our class always said this. There are black belts and then there are black belts. Yes. Do you know what I, I mean? know what you just, mean. So it, it's just, that's how I look at it. So if somebody showed up and they said, oh, I'm a, I'm a third degree black belt, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It's just like, oh, okay. And then I'm training with them and, and I'm just, I can tell that they're just really not at a black belt level because yeah. I have contextually understood what a black belt level is with my class in the way I'm being taught. I know that, that they haven't earned that actual rank of black belt. That's how I look at it. Yeah. You know? Like, Dylan and Jay getting their black belts, I am not surprised. I'm not surprised either. Because— And and you
1: know what? Even when they were brown, I was like, why are they— And as long as I was training with you guys, I'm like, all right, I've been— I think I was there for just under two years or maybe about two years.
0: You were there for two years.
1: Yeah. Um, And I'm like, these guys are still brown,
0: but they're so (laughs) good. You know? It's because Sensei didn't believe that they were deemed worthy yet. Yeah. You know? Well, Granted, well it's like, look at the
1: Gracies, though, right? Like, the, the Gracie family. The, hence the reason why we have BJJ today, right? It's like they have... I mean, Black Belt isn't even the highest rank. Isn't it Red
0: Belt? It's like Red Black or something like that, in, yeah. Like,
1: in their... In Gracie Jiu-Jitsu or whatever. I mean, some of the the family... I forgot who it was just a few years ago... Just got his Grandmaster belt, which is like the red, black or whatever. And even even he was like, you know, because he's, he's been a black belt for like 20 plus years. He's like, and he's still saying, yeah, I feel like I don't deserve this, but, you know, thank you. You yeah. know, it's like, Jesus, and you're already so amazing. <laughs> but you know what, for him to even say, like, I really don't think I should be getting this,
0: you know. But even
1: Sensei Neely has yeah. claimed he's um, turned down
0: promotions he has. They keep sending him invitations for his ceremony. Yeah, and he's, he's just like, saying, No, like, I
1: I know for a fact I'm not ready, you know. But I guess that's yeah. that's what a true sensei is, I
0: guess. Well, yeah. And I mean and he both sensei's always kept saying, you know, we're we are white belts. You know, yeah. we've spent the time, so our belts have changed colors, but in essence we are always white belts. Mm-hmm. We're always still learning. You know? True. So so yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. But yeah, I just wanted to get your opinion on that because I saw that today and I was really intrigued because a part of me really understands the the reason why people get pissed off about that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like if, if same situation, you come in in one year, you got promoted to purple, but you're not at a purple level. You're at a yellow belt level. Yeah, I would be. I would be pretty. Pissed. Yeah, that's, that's. I would be thinking. Yeah. But that would be me thinking that about my teacher. Why the fuck did he give him a purple belt when he's, when I'm, I'm more, I, I'm performing better of my technique than he is. Yeah. That makes no sense.
1: I mean, I wonder what Luke and Kane
0: had to say. If they, if there was any, I don't think they cared. I think they were just congratulations, man. Holy shit. Like, you're so good. Like, yeah, they're, they're a family at AKA man. Like the, oh, they, sure. those are brothers that go to war. So I'm not, I'm not surprised that they, really support each other like that. Yeah. So. So, yeah. Well, I'm going to say this is a good time to wrap it up on our first experiment with our, um, remote cast podcast episode. Yeah. I hope it comes out good. <laughs> Me too. Otherwise, <laughs> Otherwise this it's was like a waste com- of time no it's not (laughs) i was able to talk to you and catch up with you and talk martial arts there was it's fun it's something i like doing so i wouldn't be doing this if i didn't enjoy this yeah seriously i'm certainly not doing this for the fame (laughs) so it's all good man but um we'll catch you all next week mikey good times man yeah good times (laughs) don't hang up on me just cut the recording (laughs) (laughs) all right peace. peace